This podcast brought to you by ACEST, the American Society of Information Science and Technology, the Society for Information Professionals, by the IA Summit, the premier gathering place for information architects and other user experience professionals, by the IA Institute, the global community of practice for IAs the world over. Join the conversation and become a member at iainstitute.org. By Vitamin Talent, you get UX, we get you jobs. Visit vitamintalent.com. By Morgan Kaufman, through superior print and digital content, our authors aim to educate our readers and inspire innovation. And by Boxes and Arrows. Visit boxesnarrows.com slash about slash participate to be a part of your peer-written journal. On today's show, I had the pleasure of talking with the first global director for World Information Architecture Day, Jessica Duvernay. Jessica talks about her time helping to organize the first annual World IA Day, including how the event came to life, the phenomenal support and experiences at all events the world over, as well as her roles and responsibility as global director. The IAI is seeking a new global director for World IA Day in February 2013, and we look forward to hearing from those interested in taking on this volunteer position. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Cheers. So today on Boxes Narrows, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jessica Duvernay, Information Architect and Business Development Manager for the Understanding Group in Los Angeles. Jessica likes to help people and organizations find answers to their questions while fostering a sense of understanding and empowerment during their quest for information. She's a Master's of Science in Information at the University of Michigan, where she was honored to receive the peer-elected Edmund Lund Lau excuse me, Leadership Award. In addition to her work as an IA, Jessica has a, been a teacher, artist, library manager, and a small business owner. This allows her to connect with people and provide top-notch solutions for clients and users with a variety of needs and backgrounds. And Jessica, thank you so much for taking time to join me today on the Boxes Narrows podcast. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks for hosting. This is great. So in addition to all of those other things that you're doing with, with Tug and all the other backgrounds you had, you were also uh, we also had uh, the pleasure of having you as the director for the first annual World Information Architecture Day. Uh, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But first, maybe you could share a little bit with our listeners about how did World IA Day come to be? Okay, yeah. So um, I actually had very little to do with the inception of this idea. Um, Abby Covert, which I'm assuming a lot of Boxes and Arrows listeners will be familiar with, um, she's an amazing information architect, among other things. Uh, she's been stepping up into leadership positions for lots of conferences over the past couple of years. Most specifically, she ran the most successful idea conference that the IA has ever hosted in 2010. And after um, kind of coming out of that experience, she's been running the summits. Uh, this this year's was amazing if any of you were able to attend it. And uh, essentially, Abby and uh, Dan Klein, the um, the current secretary at the IAI, are uh, you know, co-workers working together and, and thought leaders and just kind of, I think, socializing, kind of, you know, having a random conversation and, and they came up with an idea together. And and the big problem that they were talking about here is that so many of the conferences has bec- have become blanket UX design conferences and they were thinking, you know, as passionate thought leaders in information architecture, how can we redirect the conversation back to kind of more of an IA-centric discussion? Um, and as they're talking, they have that kind of other big problem with the conferences is that they seem to be coming, becoming North American and European centric. And they're thinking, how can we make this conversation open up and become more global, just like our fields are becoming, um, or, you know, not becoming have been for a long time. So they have this idea and it's kind of just a high level sketch. Um, 
and and Dan's Dan's been my mentor in information architecture and life probably for about the past seven years. I want to say um, he knows I'm crazy and kind of on a, <laughs> a kind of on a dare. I think. Welcome to the club. We have jackets, <laughs> yeah. Jessica. We'll get you some. It's great, beautiful. <laughs> and he he knows I had some uh, some conference experience when I was in grad school. Um, and kind of on a dare, um, he said to me, you know, hey, uh, how do you feel about chairing a conference that you know, hasn't really been flushed out yet. And I said, okay, sounds good. So uh, Dan and Abby kind of walk me through their high level ideas and I start talking with the board and, um, you know, the, the idea for World IA Day starts to become really clear. Uh, the, the big picture here, the tagline that our, our wonderful designer Brad Simpson came up with is local connections, global impact. Um, again, all focusing around information architecture. So what we did is uh, we came up with some kind of high-level ideas, uh, the big one being having a theme and 14 topics that the, the global discussions kind of to be framed about. Um, designing structures for understanding is the theme that uh, the thematic chair Jorge Aranjo in um, Panama City, Panama came up with. And I'll talk a little bit more about uh, Jorge in, in, uh, in a little bit here. But essentially what World IA Day ended up being was um, – specifically small events run locally by the discretion of the location coordinators. There was mini conferences happening all over the world on the same day, February 11, 2012. Um, and every event was different. Um, and every event was germane to the needs of that local community. So the conferences happened in the languages that were uh, most relevant to the local communities. And the way the events were set up were structured around what the community could provide, what the community needed at the time. Um, so we had we had everything run the gamut from um, South Africa. Uh, Jason Hobbs put together a stunning uh, full-day event with multiple tracks, um, great local sponsorship. And some of the other events were smaller. Um, Things were simply as as basic as a couple of speakers came and talked for a couple hours, um, or just having like a fishbowl type conversation. Um, the other thing that tied the events together were global keynotes from um, Peter Morville, Lou Rosenfeld, and Jorge, uh, the thematic chair. Um, those were shown at each event. Um, and then the kind of culmination of that is, I guess, these wonderful little pockets happened in the local communities across the globe at the same on the same day. Um, but then to kind of open up the conversation, videos were recorded from each location and put online. Yeah. It was it was an absolutely ama amazing experience. And again, just to just sitting back and watching it, all the different uh, experiences and ideas roll in when as Japan as a sunset on Japan, quite literally, you know, other events started around the world and. Uh, it was it was phenomenal to watch, and like you said, the one thing that I really enjoyed about it, it wasn't just a North American or European centric event. They had uh, they had uh, cities around the world participating, and and in particular, a lot of people asked me um, after the event. They were asked, uh, you know, a couple of things. They asked how specific cities were chosen for their first event, and mm -hmm. why, why fourteen? Because fourteen sort of confused people. Like, well, <laughs> normally, normally the rationale behind this, and a lot of people didn't understand. So maybe you could talk to your listeners a little bit about how the cities were chosen and, and why was fourteen the number. Absolutely. Um so a, a lot of what I just said, too, I feel like sometimes when I explain the conference, people kind of look at me like, okay, what did you just say? Um, I kind of go off into monologue because there's so many different pieces. So I do want to encourage people to check out worldiaday.org um, to kind of 
see that information that I just kind of spewed out again written. Um, but then the big reason that we had 14 cities uh, is because it was the 14th anniversary of the Polar Pair book. Um, Polar Bear book, um, Information Architecture for the World Wide Web is its formal title that you'd search online. That's kind of the seminal text that us information architects always say, oh yeah, that was my that was my first IA book. Um, and, and Peter Morville and Lou Rosenfeld wrote that 14 years ago this year. So um, we decided that that was how we were going to frame this discussion. Um, kind of a you know random cutesy way to do it, but uh, it, it did make sense. So in terms of how the 14 cities got selected, um, I'd say that this year particularly, it was less of a specific pick and more of just the board members of the IAI leveraging their existing connections and saying, you know, here's some people that we know that have been somewhat active in the community, but they're not necessarily the people that are always having the spotlight. Um, the whole idea here was like, let's get some people that are great leaders in, in the in their local communities kind of more active and involved and, and less of let's always go to the same people that are always volunteering because while those people are the people that are are kind of prevalent in the community are are wonderful and 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 very important we still need to kind of again open up the discussion to include as many voices and as many thoughts as possible so um a big thing that we were talking about when we were looking at the distribution of the cities is, you know, where hasn't there been an IA event or major UX kind of any sort of presence in, in the past couple of years? How can we open this up to as many cities as possible? So um, I know, for example, I was talking with the folks that ran Tokyo, um, Atsushi and, and the people that helped him. And they said, you know, this is the first time that we've ever had an IA specific event here. And this has been really exciting. We've been waiting for this to happen. And we're really happy that this has been able to happen because they have a very robust community. Um, and the idea is just like, let's let's get everybody involved. Um, and the other thing, too, I think that maybe didn't didn't get communicated very well is that just because the 14 were the official locations, it doesn't mean that anybody else was excluded. Um, we did put out information about how to host an independent event. And I do believe a couple of those happened um, that we don't have a lot of good information on on those independent events. And I think that'll kind of be something that's encouraged going forward um, just because the II is putting on an event doesn't mean that that excludes anybody else from doing their own thing. Right, right, exactly. And in interest of full disclosure of people who, who don't know, I am actually on the board of directors and was during during the first World AI Day event. And uh, I met with the board uh, last week and we, we had a lot of conversations. We're making some changes to the II that I think are going to have a huge and very positive impact on the community moving forward. And one of the things we talked about with the World AI Day, just so people know the next one that's coming up, um, is that uh, we unanimously agreed that we wanted to keep this a free event. And so that's what we're going to be working very hard to do is to make sure that we can make changes to the II that allow all participants who are chosen in an official venue uh, to make the event free. In addition, uh, the 14 events people asked us, are we going to add one more at a time? Uh, we're going to set up a process whereby we're going to call out to people who would like to host an official event uh, for this year, for the next one, uh, which will actually be in 2013. Sorry, I should clarify this year when I say things like that. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be held at the same time, February 11th next year. Um, and we are going to be looking, or the Saturday, which might be the 12th, excuse me, um, 
and we're going to be looking at uh, anyone that wants to register to get in contact with us and we'll be putting together sort of a, an outline of the of the areas of the things that we need you to provide us different cities to provide us with so that we know that you have the, the capacity and ability to, to run the event to have the venues that are there and also for us to understand okay well what kind of support do we need to provide each city because as you pointed out Jessica you know this year we looked at last year excuse me we looked at venues that uh, that traditionally didn't have these type of events being run and so we want to do the same thing again Again, with the cities that we select for 2013 moving forward. Um, but the exact number is going to be dependent on the number of people that send us information about what goes on uh, in terms of what they're able to provide, excuse me, and, uh, and, and we will get those things rolling in the next couple of weeks. Um, but one of the first things that we need more than anything right now is a new director because Jessica is stepping down as the director for World IA Day. And um, maybe you could talk to our listeners a little bit about, you know, your role as a director and your responsibilities so that people that might be thinking about taking on this role, they get an understanding of what's involved before they before they submit their name. Absolutely. Um, you know, this was an amazing opportunity for me. And, you know, I said Dan kind of asked me to do it on a dare, but it ended up being one of the best things I did last year and, and towards the beginning of this year. Um, one of the things I want to start off with is saying is uh, I'm I'm not a rock star. I um, probably most of you have never, ever heard my name before. You might Google my name after this and find not a whole lot of information. Um, I'm just a, a mid-level IA with, uh, you know, decent amount of work under my belt. But what this conference helped me do is it helped me build my my professional conf- confidence and then also more importantly it helped me build my global awareness of our field and it really gave me some insights in pockets of the IA practice that I don't think I would necessarily be exposed to just kind of going through and working my my day-to-day um, job that I had at the time um, you know and the other cool thing about this for me just the personal benefit was that it's humbling and inspiring to be working with these great minds across the globe um, and kind of having a sense of pride that I'm I'm helping something become a reality. So, you know, it's it yes, it's an absolute ton of work. Um I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to reduce that factor at all. Um but I mean, I guess I guess the last thing that I want to I want to talk about before I actually get into what I had to do was just the fact that I worked with some just phenomenal phenomenal people. Um so I need to I need to do my roll call and thanks here. So first of all, obviously Jorge Aranjo, the uh thematic chair. He was the past II president and just an absolutely wonderful inspiring person to be working with. Um I don't know if I would have had the ability to have direct contact with him if I didn't have this opportunity. Um, a good friend of mine, Joe Elmendorf, was the technical director. Um, that was a person that was in charge of getting the website set up, maintaining it, troubleshooting any sort of video capture issues, posting and, and transcribing the videos into English. Um, Joe did a ton of work, and it was great for me to be able to work with one of my close friends. Um, Jeff, uh, I have to obviously say this. You were my social media director. You protected me from the Twitters. Um, so <laughs> a lot of scary appreci- people out there, Jessica. You're I, welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, one of my personal goals this year is actually to start using Twitter. I'm not quite there yet. Run away. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was great to get to work with you. Um, Cheers. Noreen uh, Weissel, uh, she was absolutely amazing. She provided a lot of administrative support 
ran all the sponsorship for the conference and seeing her kind of at work was was great and then uh brad my brad simpson my graphic designer he put together a great brand and um and i also have to give a special thanks to dan klein and andrea resmini the while the whole iai board did help out with this it was great to have them specifically really um in my corner helping me problem solve a lot of these things and to see their their thought leadership and the way they handled some interesting uh interpersonal situations was was inspiring and great so okay i'm done i'm done with my my little <laughs> glowing um, praise of this. You know, oh, they tell great. you to do the praise sandwich. Yeah, but you so, know what? But uh, at the end of the day, <laughs> no, but Jessica, you know what? It, it's it, You're very kind, and, and I think we need to uh, I think we need to put more people in the spotlight more often when these sorts of events go on because, you know, I, I've, I've attended a lot of conferences over the last few years and had the absolute pleasure of doing so, and, and I've also had the pleasure of meeting the people that actually do all the work in setting it up and run the event during the event and problem solve and whatnot, and, and really, in my mind, those are the people that those are the people that are behind the scenes um, Mm -hmm. that really should get a lot more accolades than they do and uh, so you're very kind for your comments but uh, but I I agree with you full-heartedly these things take a lot of work and again just to reinforce the, the the position that you're that you're leaving and that we're looking to fill isn't paid it's volunteer right right so and everyone you just mentioned nobody got a dime for this this is all volunteer efforts to try to run this event so it takes a lot of effort and uh, it takes a lot of passion you have to really love what you're doing and you have to have a genuine desire to do it and do it effectively um, right so that being said uh, what are some what were some of your yeah, responsibilities so- <laughs> for the director position not to actually answer your question no no it's um, okay just just to put a little bit of framework around it, um, I started in August and we had until February. So this was a six-month schedule. Um, it took me anywhere from 2 to 15 hours a week to do this, uh, probably airing towards closer to 10. Um, so my responsibilities in this instance were self-assigned. So nobody told me, you have to do this. Um, they just... You know, the board came to me and said, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. So a lot of this was kind of... Uh, uh, you know, responsibilities I gave myself. So a quick list, um, first of all, create and maintain a project schedule. Um, That's a lot of base camp, Google calendars, spreadsheets, shared documents, um, making sure everything is on time, making sure everything is kind of worked backwards from February 11th so the day actually happens. Um, The second part, a uh, big responsibility is facilitating the global communication with the 14 locations. So after the locations were established, really making sure that everybody was on the same page, everybody understood the project schedule. Um, a big part of that was um, my third responsibility, which is kind of coming up with an aggregate unified forms, papers, process for my internal team. Um, you know, there's no system that I was you know, no legacy system I was working with in terms of data capture or internal communication. So coming up with how I was going to set those internal flows um, was important. And uh, I have to say, I'm pretty happy I'm an IA <laughs> when it came to some of those things like looking at my user flows. And um, I'm going to save the bad IA jokes for later. But okay. uh, it was really, really useful that I did have a background in IA. Um, I had the fourth part of this too was to communicate with the IAI board around decisions. Um, you know, I, I did feel like the board gave me an absolute ton of agency to kind of just 
a run with it and be confident and saying this is the way it's going to be. Uh, they they supported me and backed me up around decisions I made, but some things I needed to go to them for guidance um, in terms of like thematic approach, financial information, some sort of like massive logistical things in terms of leveraging their networks and things like that. Um, the fifth thing I did was delegate responsibilities to others, um, specifically that team that I mentioned uh, before, Jorge, Joe, Jeff, Maureen, Brad, and Dan, um, saying to them, hey, guys, this is what I need from you. Can you help me with this in terms of specifically branding and web design, web creation and maintenance, social media management, budgeting, sponsorship, Um Again, all volunteers, and it's up to me to kind of say, like, you need to do this. Please do it by this date. And then following up with people to make sure it happened. Um, creating and publishing content from the World IA Day web- website was something I worked on. Um, so I did have some assistance from a, um, a part-time copywriter, um, a Deborah Fellinger. But she uh, t- took more of an editorial kind of role after I would create the content. She would check over it for me. Um I also had some PR responsibilities in terms of making sure people understood uh, that this event was actually happening on a global level and then assisting the 14 um, specific locations with their PR kind of approaches. Um, And then the last thing that I did was um, coordinate, order, and ship the global swag, like the lanyards and um, kind of some accoutrement that had to do with with the day itself, T-shirts, buttons, notebooks, things like that. So... um, you know, and I'm sure there's things I'm missing. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it was the it first. Was it was, uh, yeah, but it was the first time, right? Like this, right. Is like any event, anything we do for the first time, um, there's there's always there's a plethora of things that just that just overwhelm you, and and all these different ideas come around, and uh, and mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things when you're when you're running an event like this, there are a lot of successes, but there are also some some failures and some mistakes that were made along the way, you know? Well, I mean, it's true. It's like, like I joke with people all the time. I make 50 mistakes before breakfast on a good day. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is how we learn, you know, we learn by making mistakes. We learn by failing and, and we do better the next time. So, you know, in, in that light, are, were there, were there some successes? I know you shared many successes, but were there some aspects that, that if you had to do again as the director, you might do differently, for example? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to share the, I mean, the big success for me is that 1600 people were involved in this day directly. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and that doesn't even include the people that watch the videos online or were following on Twitter or, or just heard about it this year and are excited to participate next year. I mean, I already have people emailing me saying, when's next year happening? And I'm like, well, uh, we're talking about that shortly. Um, Stay tuned. Um, But yeah, for 1,600 people to do something at the same time and learn about and and grow the field of IA, I I think that's awesome. Um, In terms of successes and failures, like Definitely. Uh, the first thing for me is getting started early. Um, like I said, we I, I didn't really even jump into this until August, mm. which only gave me six months. And I think that was probably the first thing that kind of set the ball to be a little, little stressful. Um, and in the future, I would definitely get started like this month now. Um, the other thing I think, um, I am obsessed with time scheduling and calendars and I get very rigid in the way that I schedule things. Um, and anybody that knows me is laughing right now, uh, if they're listening to this and saying, yes, she's obsessed with Google calendar. Um, so one of the things I would do, um, that I actually ended up doing in this process was padding the event timeframes and saying like, uh, if it's due on Tuesday, I'm actually going to tell people to do the Tuesday before. 
right. and then push it back. Um, Another big thing I think that we could have improved on was the idea of um, planning the sponsorship earlier. Um, I, I want to first start by giving a big shout out to Adobe, O'Reilly Media, and um, UXPIN. Those were our three Polar Bear level sponsors that really made the the event wonderful. And to Noreen. Um, Noreen said from day one, hey guys, what are we doing for sponsorship? And I I kind of er- errantly said, oh, I'm not really worried about it. Well, I needed to be worried about it, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> most definitely. So hats off to Noreen for knowing what was going on. But we ended up doing a great job with the limited time we had. But I think Noreen had maybe two months to figure out sponsorship. So so doing that, um, that, was, that was really great. Um, you know, another thing is, is, and I think this is less of like a something that's that's – more related to World IA Day, uh, and it's less related to World IA Day and more related just to giant projects in general. Um, plan in a flake factor. Um, of the 14 original cities that we talked to, two of them kind of just fell off the face of the earth. Um, and, you know, certain things aren't going to go the way that you initially assume they're going to happen and people are going to have to back out of, out of things for whatever reason. Um, the converse side of that, which I think is a great success story, is don't plan on this, but really appreciate a hero factor. Because there are people that when, when things go wrong are just going to step in quietly and handle the situation in a way that you never even understood could be handled. And I want to give two giant thanks to um, Hector Rodriguez in Bogota, Colombia, and Rosemi Calwer in Ghent, Belgium. Um, these two locations actually were organizing independent, non-official events and um, stepped in, I want to say, three weeks before the event and became official events, which gave them a lot of extra work, but they they really kind of saved the day mm-hmm. in that that way and I, I think they pulled off amazing events given the small time frame that they had Absolutely. and that they put it together really without my support um, so that's pretty amazing um, another big lesson that I I really would like to pass on to anybody who's thinking about being the, the uh, global director this year um, the demands on the technical director um, Joe Elmendorf were ludicrous um, I did a lot of work uh, and I want to say Joe did as much, if not more than I did. So a big lesson for me is um, have somebody in that position that's your friend (laughs) that you can call it to in the morning and say, I have this ridiculous thing I need you to do right now and they won't hate you. Um, So if, if there's any way that the director and technical director can be already have an established good working relationship in the future, I would say that would be a great strength. Uh, that was a great success this year. Um, another another thing that I think went really well this year is that uh, it was free, uh, and there there was there was a couple of events that had to charge given the nature of the robustness of their event, um, and those were kind of exceptions to the rule. But in general, I'd say having the events be free is a good thing because it really encourages participation from people that um, maybe are on the fence about, you know, am I an IA? What is IA? Um, and the more we can kind of open up the discussion and include those people's thoughts and ideas into, into you know, the conferences and the discussions that we're having, I think it's better for everybody involved. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy Happy to hear that the board is planning on doing this going forward. Um, yeah, yeah. A couple. Go ahead, sir. 
Oh, I was just going to say, I've, I've got a long laundry list here. I don't want to go on monologue. <laughs> um, but to maybe but, share some, some, some of the things that didn't work well, Jessica, because I mean, I think that's, that's an area where a lot of people can, uh, can pick up on as well, especially future leaders where they can go, oh, okay, I'll learn from that moving forward. Ab- absolutely. Um, you know, a big, a big thing here that I wasn't expecting is um, 14, 14 locations may have 14 different languages. Um, in some of my communication, I feel like especially at first I was using idioms or um, not being clear in my language uh, and, and that didn't necessarily help in terms of internal communication where I'd have to send the same email like three times to somebody so that Google Translate could get it to the point where um, it was making sense. If there's any people out there that are um, multilingual, I'd say that'd be an immense asset as a, as a global director, though not a requirement. Um, you know, along the idea of language too, um, as we were making these keynote videos and getting the videos in from um, the fourteen specific events, the transcription of the videos was something that was pretty rough for us. Um, you know, having these videos um, subtitled in English and then put on YouTube allowed them to be translated into tons of different languages. Now, given the Google Translate. Um, beta on YouTube. I don't know if you guys have seen that functionality, but it's it's pretty great. Mm. Um, we didn't allocate enough time or budget to having the videos be professionally transcribed and making them more accessible to everybody across the globe. Um, I had a major failure in terms of the way that I handled PR. Um, I did not get the word out enough globally. Um, and I don't feel like I was there supporting the local communities better. So my suggestion in the future would be maybe there needs to be a PR marketing coordinator, um, where I could, you know, the director could to delegate some of those things out, um, to another person to handle, um, kind of a minor thing that ended up being a nightmare at the end is, um, I don't think we had our brain around what it meant to ship things internationally. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. No, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, with with customs, we we ended up with some just giant snafus um, in terms of sending out these great boxes of prizes and products, and then, you know, uh, the the vendor that we shipped with last last week contacted me and said, "So we just received a box of lanyards from Brazil that never got delivered," and I was like, "Oh, good." So um, that needs to be handled earlier and more proficiently. Um, you know, and and I would just say, you know, overall, there's there's a bunch of other like small things that um, that you know needed to be improved, and um, you know, I'm sure the the board has some ideas on on how they're going to guide going going forward in the future that'll correct some of those from a from a strategic overall perspective. Um, but you know, all in all, it was good. Uh, whoever ends up coming on. Um, to do this next year, we'll, we'll have some more kind of information internally that I'd be happy to share with them. Yeah, that'd be great. And I mean, and, and I mean, overall, these, these are, you know, when you talk about things, these are the, the great thing about events when they're run very well. And, and again, for the first time running a global event like this, the feedback that, that people, that people provided was, was phenomenal. The experiences that people had around the world were, were great. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was organized, but it wasn't controlled. You know, we yep. basically, we gave them the idea, the themes, and then the I and, and yourself included and everyone involved really stepped back 
and just let the day go. And and I think that's that was what was great because we didn't assume to understand the the, the needs within different cultures, uh, the 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 challenges that uh, local and, and international businesses might have compared to uh, different countries and cities the world over. And it really allowed people just to sit back and enjoy a day sharing ideas about the discipline of information architecture. Um, and to that end, one of the things that, that I joining joining the board uh, nearly two years ago now, one of the things that I experienced was we had a few days with a past board where they were handing off things, and and past board members are always available to to talk and help out moving forward. Um, but one of the things that I experienced, I think, is we need a longer transition when we do the handoff uh, to other board members when when certain board members come and go. And to that extent, too, um, I just wanted to make it clear, Jessica, you'll be when we decide on a new global director or get someone in place, you'll be available to them for to answer questions and maybe maybe just clarify any any documents or anything that you'll be passing on for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my one of my strengths, I think, in this position is my background in um, librarianship. So I'm always thinking about like institutional memory and um, transitions of documents from from one stakeholder to another. So I tried to document as much of my process, timelines, internal deliverables, um, and keep that all organized in a Basecamp and then Google Documents account. Um, and I'm absolutely thrilled to walk the person who assumes the role in the future through all the documentation that I have uh, kind of as an onboarding process. But then also um, I'm, I'm more than happy to be on board as, a, as an advisor or um, kind of like a, a mini mentor for anybody who, who wants to know the way I did it. Um, again, like you said, I really liked what you just said, Jeff, about like this was organized but not controlled. Um, I have absolutely no desire to tell somebody how to do their job, um, but more just be there as a resource if if they think that I could help them in any way. Um, you know, and the other thing too is that you're not alone. You you have you'd have me. Um, the board members were incredibly helpful, like I mentioned, and then also you find a lot of support from the local coordinators. Um, they, they're not the, the people that step forward to organize these things in their community are not going to sit there and be quiet about um, you know if they see something you know, not going right. Um, Lynn Polichuk in, in Vancouver and um, Keith Instone in Ann Arbor particularly were incredibly vocal leaders in their communities and said, you know, hey, it would be helpful if I had this. How come I don't have this? Oh, because I haven't made it yet because I didn't think about it. But thank you for letting me know I'm making it right now. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. And, and I mean, and that's the point. The point is, is that it's it's not about it's 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 about the discipline of IA. It's not really about the IAI, quite frankly, because the IAI is right. about the discipline as well. And, and the only time the directors, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as a director, I'm speaking for myself and, and hopefully for the rest of the team as well, the only time we should step up is when we fail to deliver something or is a problem. But the rest of the time, the focus should be on the discipline and the members of the community and, and those that are just interested in the discipline of information architecture. And, and our role really should be about providing insights and, and ideas that can inspire people to learn more about the discipline and help to evolve it over time. And, and, in, and in my professional opinion, I think all the efforts by everyone on World IA Day, the first one, uh, was, a, was a brilliant step in that direction. And I think 2013 is, uh, we'll learn from the mistakes and we'll take the great, the majority of the amazing things that were done by you and others the world over, and we'll build on that. And uh, hopefully, uh, but I think the first step, excuse me, is to find a new global director. <laughs> and uh, with your insights shared today, Jessica, based on your experiences, uh, very much appreciated. And I have no doubt we'll find someone to take the reins and, and, and to build upon the great experiences people had the world over for 2013. So on behalf of everyone within the IA community, I want to thank you so much for your time today. 
all of the work that you did last year and uh, look forward to uh, continue to uh, follow your wisdom in helping us build an even greater event in 2013. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Jeff. And um, before we kind of close out here, yeah. I just want to ask, who should people contact? What's the what's the email address where people, if they are interested, how can they reach out and say, oh, I, I have more questions or yes, consider me? How does that how does that happen? Yep. No, that's great. I think the I think the main address for World IA Day was info at worldiaday.org. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we'll use that as the main one for now. So anyone that's interested in this can can contact uh, can contact that. Uh, they can also contact uh, Noreen Weisel at operations at iainstitute.org. Um, I think those are the two best email addresses to reach people, and I'll put those in the show notes along with any other contact information that people might need to uh, get in touch with us to inquire about the director position or anything else about World AI Day. Thank you for tuning in to the Box and Arrows podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. Many thanks to our sponsors, Vitamin Talent and Morgan Kaufman, for their generous support and without whom we could not bring you these shows. To hear and read more from the best in design from around the world, visit boxesnarrows.com and join the conversation.